Hello, everyone. My name is Joanne Lockwood, and I am your host for the Inclusion Bites podcast. In this series, I will be interviewing a number of amazing people and simply having a conversation around the subject of inclusion, belonging, and generally making the world a better place for everyone to thrive in. If you'd like to join me in the future, then please do drop me a line to joe.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. You'll be able to catch up with all of the shows on iTunes, Spotify, and all the usual places. So plug in your headphones, grab a decaf, and let's get going. Today is episode five, with the title, Swimming Upstream Against the Flow. And I have the absolute honor and privilege to be joined by Lewis Bell-Quarthra. I recently met Lewis online via LinkedIn, just prior to the lockdown, and we seem to hit it off straight away. Lewis is a principal consultant and recruitment manager who is currently on furlough. He advocates for LGBTQ rights, along with trying to create a more inclusive space in the tech and recruitment world. So I asked Lewis to describe his passion, and he said, giving people a voice. Hello, Lewis. Welcome to the show. When did you first realize you had been swimming upstream against the flow? Hi, Joe. Um, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I guess for me, um, I, I kind of first realized um, after when I first started recruitment, actually. Um, previously to that, I was working in an industry that was very inclusive um, and very accepting. So I was in the travel industry for about 10 years. Um, I kind of went in the travel industry to escape and get away from everything. Um, and I became a holiday rep. And those people do say that if you become a holiday rep, you're going to escape or run away from something. Um, and I was kind of going to run away from myself and not wanting to be gay and not wanting to be something that wasn't the norm. Um, so at, even from being a holiday rep, it kind of, I knew I wasn't going in the same direction as everybody wanted me to go in, as society would want me to. Um, but I felt that the travel industry was so accepting and it didn't matter who you were, what you were and what you believed in, you could just be yourself. Um, it wasn't really until then I came back to the UK um, and then went into the corporate world and started working in recruitment and then seen a totally different um, way of being treated because I was gay. Um I guess the, the first sort of small things, um, after a few weeks of being in the office, um, and my manager asked me why I never told her I was gay during my interview process. And that raised alarm bells for me straight away. Um, it was nobody's interest. It doesn't matter if I was gay. I didn't need to go into an interview and say, oh, hi, I'm Lewis. I'm gay. Like I wouldn't expect them to say, hi, I'm such and such. I'm straight. It, it, it's not something that gets brought up into conversation. So um, was was this in the dark ages? I mean, back no, in the eighteen hundreds. No, I mean, this yeah, is kind of this was, no. This is um, recently. Two thousand. When was I? I started in two thousand and fifteen. So okay, so five, five years, years ago. ago. I mean, yeah. So we're not talking about a lifetime ago. This is <laughs> recent history. Yeah, you were recent. still asked about why you hadn't told why people I hadn't you told were gay. Them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was a bit strange, and I kind of let it go, thinking, do you know what? Right, I, I'm new to a business. I, I, I don't feel like I should bring this. I should bring it up as a as a problem. So I just carried on as normal. Um, I am a massive football fan, and I love football. Um, but the office wouldn't didn't invite me to watch football matches because they didn't assume I liked football because I was gay as well. Um, and that kind of annoyed me more because that was something that like in football has got nothing to do with being gay or anything anyway. So it was kind of, I, I can't enjoy a passion of mine because I'm gay. And that was when I kind of questioned it. Um, and my questions were ignored. Okay. Um, so what did they assume you would like doing? Um, karaoke bars and abba or something was it oh, okay. likely. um i i honestly, i didn't i didn't really ask i was just like okay and the thing is well i didn't want to say anything it was only because i spoke to one of my colleague and they asked me if i was going to the match and i went oh i didn't get invited i'm, I'm like i'm not going to say anything like everybody all the lads in the office got invited apart from me and then it was they said something in the office in front of everybody and said Look, why aren't you inviting lewis and then someone piped up saying, well, why would he like football? And they were like, <laughs> okay. um, 
so, and uh, it was just a bit was of it, a... Was it an all-male all environment? Or was no, it, no, no? It, it, predominantly. Um, yeah. I'd probably say it was about 70% male, 30% female. Um, so, so they didn't invite the women to the football either then? It was no. kind of a, a, it was a very it was a a male, gender, male guy, yeah. guy bro thing, no, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were the only ones allowed to go. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, do you know what? I, if I if I left, it, it'd be like I'm running away from it and not tackling it head on. Mm. I thought, oh, I need to do something about this to try and change the way that people are treated because I'm quite a strong person. If there was somebody else that probably wasn't as strong as me, they probably would have just walked away and thought, you know what, the recruitment industry isn't for me. Um, I'm going to get treated differently because I am gay. So let's not let's find another industry mm. and I was like no do it I'm going to continue doing it um, luckily there was um, another a gay guy that worked in another office near to me for the same company um, so I kind of just reached out to him just to see how he got on with things um, he recruited into quite a male dominated industry as well so he kind of had to tackle that whereas for me I recruited into a dominantly female industry um, I recruited originally for PAs, secretaries, office managers, um, which is obviously totally different to what I do now. So mm. I was using, I used my recruitment platform to try and educate not just my office, but to try and actually get people in Devon um, and CEO to actually start discussing diversity and inclusion. And well, it's not just a tick box to have on the application form, and it's not just a quota that they need to fulfill um, to make themselves feel a bit better which mm. what the impression I was getting from them um, so I, I, I first thought you know what the biggest platform for me that I could probably get involved with in Exeter where I can influence businesses more was to become a trustee for Exeter Pride um, so I signed up for that um, became their communications manager um, had no idea if I'm honest what I was doing um, but I kind of enjoyed those challenges more than going into a challenge where I, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. Um, I don't feel I learn as much if I go straight in and do what I'm, I'm supposed to do sort of thing. Um, so, so yeah, I, I joined Extra Pride. Um, I was lucky enough then to be able to go out to businesses and explain what Extra Pride was and the need for it and the understanding of it and how they can get involved and make a difference. Um, this then opened up more avenues for the charities that we were working alongside as well. Um, I was able to go out to the schools and do story times with them um, mm. and then give them an understanding of what Pride was and actually get to ask the kids what they thought Pride was about. Um, and that was actually really good to understand that and to see what impression they had, to see if their parents were actually educating them at home as well. Because I know... Like a lot of my friends are teachers and they spend so much time trying to educate the children in school is when mm. they leave school and go home and then normal society changes everything they've learned in school and says, no, you're, you're a boy, you must do that. Or you're, you're, if you're gay, then you're not going to be able to go down this avenue for your mm. career and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I spent, uh, say the first sort of year working with extra pride, um, I got my company that I work for to sponsor it as well um, to try and change the way that they thought about it. Um, so is that the same company where you, yeah. you weren't invited to the football? So yeah. you, you were starting to bring change already into yeah. that environment. Yeah, and I, and I wasn't doing it. Like, I, I don't think you can make change overnight. and I don't think you need to sort of throw it in somebody's face. I think it just needs to be gradual. Um, and it was the little things like I was – I put flags up in the office like during sort of pride month and things like that. Um, I would be given them, we would do like a lunch and learn. Um, and I would talk more about diversity and inclusion in general, um, just to give them more of an understanding of it. Um, one of the events that I did with extra pride, we go to UK POM, um, which is the UK pride organizations network. Um, and there's an organization you're probably aware of it called my umbrella. Um, and they gave us a talk and they gave us lots of documents and flyers and posters that we could use to put around the office just to give people more of an understanding mm. of the way people identify, um, the, the different flags and what they represent. So just putting them up in the office started to make a little bit of a difference. Um, however, it kind of, 
I did a lot of work, obviously, as I said, with diversity in, at that current company. Um, I was really heavily involved with the local PA network. Um, and they were very much trying to push it so I can go out and talk to big bosses about inclusion, diversity, and trying to get use their platform to extend mine as well. Um, and then it was, I was probably with the company for about two years. Um, and then we were on a night out and it was probably the first time in about five or six years I've ever had homophobic abuse thrown at me. Um, Mm. now obviously I I know we've used, we're using words now, um, to keep that have in the past been used negatively. Um, obviously the word queer, um, Mm. For me, that word had always been a negative because it was what I was bullied with and that was mm. what I was thrown at. Um, there's words that people don't like that I find more accepting because that's just how I perceived it when I was younger. Um, but yeah, I was on a night out and someone I worked with um, shouted and called me a, a dirty queer and went to punch me. Um, and because the leaders watched it and pulled away, and told me to ignore it. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Um, I went to HR and I was kind of forced into not taking my complaint further um, because they said it would be too much involvement with the rest of the office um, and it would bring up bad memories for everybody as well. So it, so was it kind, kind of, of it put a dark moment on the whole evening yeah. for everybody, didn't it? Yeah, but you, was, you were felt that you had to suppress that, and there was no support. There was no understanding there was, there was no of, of what you went through. Yeah. There was no support. Um, it was kind of yes. HR spoke to me, and they came to the office, and we had a chat. Um, and they, they would have probably pursued it, but like my director were was going, no, like let's let's not let's sort this out outside of disciplinary. Let's try and get it. Let's just get them to apologise to you. And I was just like. And I think at that time anyway, my mind was probably made up I was going to leave. So I was like, you know what, which I do regret now. I probably thought I probably should pursue this because it may have made a difference and made changes in the future. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so I left. Um, and then I, and it was weird. The, the next lot of interviews that I had, um, I purposely made them aware I was gay during the interview. It kind of changed, which is strange but it kind of just came into conversation when they asked me about my interests and what I did I thought well maybe I need to then because obviously in my last employer they felt it was a a bit of an issue I didn't um so I brought it up in conversation it it was just by chance I just said oh I help out of extra pride um I'm getting married to and I told him my husband's name to be in a few months time um and they were like yeah great and it was fine absolutely fine and it changed my whole perception of what recruit uh, of recruitment companies. Um, so, so did you, so by telling people up front, did you feel like you had to, you wanted to, or you just, you did it almost like trying to prevent a problem in the future. Was it, what was the motivation? You felt comfortable doing it or you felt pressured into um, it? I felt, it probably I felt I had to do it because I didn't want to, it, it's weird because like, being a, a, any, whatever you identify as, but being a, I do feel like every time I go into a new environment, you've got, I've got to come out all over again. Um, mm. like you, you have to, and like this may come across the wrong way, but I'm not always the typical, as people will say, like you don't look gay. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll put a flag on my head that. and then, I, know. Like, I love that. Like, <laughs> and like, okay, so it, it sometimes it is harder because then I've got a, because they're asking me like questions like, Oh, have you got a girlfriend? And I go, now I've got a boyfriend or I've got a husband. That's what I'll be like now. But I kind of, I, I want to prevent that. I don't want that awkwardness. Like, mm. and then sometimes I, I can be a bit like, I like to play like, and they're trying to guess if I'm gay or not. And I'm not telling them I'm giving, I'm this same partner just because I, I sometimes find it funny with some of my colleagues when they first start. But it's, it got to, when I first went into my new business, I felt like just what, do you know what? Let's just be out and open with them from day one. And, it it won't make a difference because it shouldn't do. If it does make a difference, then they're not the right company for me. Um, so yeah, I just felt like it would be easier in the long run to prevent any awkward mm. conversations in the future. Um, and 
and they, they were interested that they asked me more about what I did with X Surprise and like how they can get involved more. And mm-hmm. um, so they, they're a very, we're a very small company. There's only like 12 of us. So, um, they don't have any sort of inclusion officers and things like that, um, within the company. So it was kind of interesting for them to learn more from me. So if um, you, uh, if you compare the, the two organizations then, so the first one where you, uh, you, you felt, discriminated against you were bullied you had an yeah. incident compared with the second one um what was the difference in culture what what how did the organizations differ in in how that culture evolved i mean what, what can you say what, what, what was it i think with the new company um there were there was no there was no sort of hierarchy there was there was no sort of level of seniority within the business and mm. it was this very much open door policy and everybody was everybody you, you knew everyone from day one um, it, it just felt a lot more welcoming. Um, the the other companies very much more corporate, very process driven. Um, it just felt a lot more relaxed where I went to now. Um, did, 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 would you say that the first organisation was more institutionalised homophobia? It was kind of, it was kind of almost like it's okay. This is what we do. We're, we're all blokes. We we'll, yeah. we have this. We we'll have this banter, and you have to just put up with it. Was that kind yeah. of the attitude? Yeah, and it, it, it was. And and like even uh, we get I have banter now in the office, and I can give as good as I get really with it. Mm. I'm not afraid, and but it's when it's that you, you don't expect it from day one, sort of thing, and it. It is it, kind of yeah. It was, it was, it was just really because they're a very well respected company, and it, it just threw me. Um, yeah. And going into a smaller company, I always thought that I've always worked for big companies. I was with Thomas Cook before, and I was with large corporate companies, and I always thought they were the best ones to go down, like to to get the experience and the training, which which you you do. But mm. joining a smaller company, I feel like now I've got more influence in their culture. I can impact what their decisions are going to be regarding diversity and inclusion. Um, our office um, is very diverse, um, but and it is, and, it, and it's lovely to work in with a team that is so diverse and and so different, and so and we work a lot well together. We are so different, a lot of us, that that works better. I feel like we've got mm. people at one end of the spectrum to the other, and it, we just sort of fill up the gaps in the middle and work as a, a cohesive team. Um, and what was nice with, with sort of this company, um, while I was with my previous company, there were so many events that I wanted to go on. Um, sorry, my quiet turn this on silent. Gonna... Um, there were lots of diversity events that I wish I could have gone on, but they wouldn't allow me to. Um, being corporate companies, trying to put claims through for finance takes weeks and mm, weeks and weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah. Whereas here, um, there is a diversity and tech conference in London um, for two days. And I was like, you know what, I really want to go because I think I come from recruitment for PAs where it's predominantly female. And if you dare to put a male PA in front of someone, the hiring manager was like, oh, I don't know if I want that. Um, and then going to the other end where it's predominantly male people working in the environment. But when I got into the depths of it and started speaking to um, LGBT leaders within um tech companies they were like we we struggle really to bring on more people that come from our community because they don't feel that technology is the right industry for them mm. um they don't have the, the people in the public eye that are fighting for those rights in that industry they don't have people they can look up to in the industry and that's where they really struggle um so you mentioned and- uh, about the fact that you, you the previous uh, role were, were mainly PA f- uh, and stereotypical gender expectation would be a female yeah. person doing that role, and you're in a tech yeah. world now, and and the the assumption would be it's more male bias yeah. role. So, yeah. do, do you do you have challenges or do, in, in trying to change people's perceptions about candidates? How do you encourage how do you encourage more women to apply? How do you encourage more employers to actually hire the women that do apply? Yeah. Um, so for me, the, the little things, um, my LinkedIn profile, um, I've got my flags on it. Um, I have my pronouns on it. I have that on my signature as well. And the amount of companies that have approached me directly on LinkedIn because I have my flags on my profile, like there aren't that many openly gay recruiters out there. And the fact that you're so passionate about it and you're so open about it mm. is fantastic. And we want a recruiter that is like that, that that will attract more candidates from that 
from, from your own community. Mm. Um, so people know they can trust you with their identity. Yeah. So they yeah. come to you uh, and they don't have to, they have not have to out themselves. They just be no. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's weird. Well, I've, I've had HR I've like managers and directors email me back saying, Oh, what does he and him mean on your signature? I'm like, you work in HR. Like I don't mm. say that to them, but I'm thinking, really? Um, so I, and I think as recruiters, we've probably got one of the biggest platforms to make change in trying to, to build more diverse pools of candidates because uh, internal recruiters, they sometimes don't have as much time as what we do to spend time with the candidates. Um, so with my job adverts, I will tend to put three or four different job adverts up for the same job to try and attract different people from different backgrounds, identities, um, genders, because the, the, you, you do, you, you read things differently and mm. you are attracted to certain words in the job advert. Um, and you are attracted to certain benefits that some people like the nicer, the, as they say, like the fluffier benefits, like the working from home yeah. um, and um, the cycle to work schemes and the childcare vouchers and things like that. Yeah. Whereas other people don't really know about that. Um, and I think it, it also, the different adverts also brings in people from different ages as well. So it helps on that area of diversity to make sure you're not... So is that something you've initiated or was that a company thing anyway? I mean, no, how did you go about implementing no, that? No, that, that, that was me. Um, I, 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 I started to look at job adverts um, and which ones I would apply for and mm. where I would apply to them. Um, and then sort of spoke to my colleagues and said, right, these are the job adverts. Which one would you sort of apply for and why? And we're all getting the same. Yes, predominantly the, the, the ladies in the office were going for this job advert because of the wording, because mm. of the additional benefits. Um, and then I started to look at candidate CVs um, and how they sort of differentiate as well. Um, and what I did find as well it, with um the male female gender um cvs yes they were different but then when i would be speaking to like a gay man um theirs would be slightly different again um and and i would like ask them and because i feel that putting the things you're interested in not the things you're interested in but if you're involved with some groups at university if it's an lgbt group a lot of them wouldn't put that on their cv um and you wouldn't be able to tell that they were by looking to see if you wouldn't know if they were gay or not anyway, but it was only when you called them and spoke to them and opened and I started to ask them more questions. And then you'd be like, um, okay, like they were, and they'd be like me, look, I am gay. They'd come out to me over the phone and say, look, the only reason I'm telling you is because I know you're not going to judge me and I know you're not going to feel it's a, makes a difference. Well, of course it's not. But mm. I'm not going to put on your CV. This is a gay candidate. Um, I stopped putting names on CVs as well. Mm. Um, with ca- with clients that I knew were gender bias, um, so I stopped all that and said, "Right, you know what? You're not going to find out what their name is." Um, they didn't like it to start with, um, but I said, "Well, this is how I'm going to work, and if you don't want to work that way, then fine." Um, but this is important to me, and this is what I feel yeah. like you need to make the small changes. So I yeah. did, and they were happy with that. It was interesting what you said when you looked at the CVs. You could tell there was a different voice in yeah. the CVs you were reading. Uh, and I, I, I've seen some studies on this where if you, if you anonymize CVs, people tend to still prefer the male voice yeah. in many roles. Even, even women tend to prefer the male CV. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard when we talk about uh, – anonymization of, of, of content and data and CVs yes, to actually to, to strip. Cause then we end up doing is you end up stripping all your, your USP away. You know, what makes yeah. you, you, you can no longer sell you. You have to sell this sanitized robot. Yes. Uh, which yeah. I mean, HR recruitment should be about people. You hiring people, yeah. but You're people, right. people, but people brings in bias. As soon as you've got biases, we either like you or we don't like you. Yeah. So if, you, if you're a likable person, you actually want that positive bias. Uh, it's where, where you're less typical. You, you don't want to suffer the negative bias. We all, we all want to win by having good bias. Um, oh, so how, how do you how, how do you rationalise that then? When you, you've got different job specs, which is fantastic. I, I love people yeah. that do that. But how do you how do you try and um, get CVs through that are obviously in a different tone? Yeah. Well, um, I my CVs are basic. They're they're formatted the same way. So I will get someone's CV and put it in the format I was taught. 
and so they all look the same to start with anyway. Yeah. Um, I will get them to write their own a personal sort of overview or a covering letter as such, but quite a small one to put attached to the CV. So mm. I can't try and make the CV look as sort of now possible. But what I tend to do with all my clients anyway, um, and I will, as soon as I send the CV over, I will call up my client and then speak to them over the phone about the candidate um, because I know that I'm better in person or speaking than I am putting stuff to paper. Mm. Like that's just me as a person. And I know that I can describe a candidate a lot better over the phone and I can get very passionate about it over the phone. Trying to bring across passion sometimes on a CV is quite difficult. And um, unless obviously when you go into the creative market with marketing and developers like front end and UX designers, they can make their CVs look beautiful and look very attractive. But um, I think especially with some developers, um, their CVs can be very much quite straight to the point list of experience that they have got. But I feel like using my voice to actually describe those candidates over the phone is a lot better than just sending a CV over. Um, so you're brokering, you're, you're selling, aren't you? You're brokering that person and yeah. saying, yeah. I've, I've, I've spoken to this person. This person sounds fantastic. So you're literally bigging them up and creating this persona yeah. for, for them. Um, yeah. And I think and that's the best thing. Like it's, it's no different to when I used to sell holidays. I couldn't sell a holiday. I could send them an email with some nice photos on, but me actually speaking to them and saying, look, I've been to that country. It's fantastic. Mm. Like you can do this there. You can do this there. Like you'll get this when you go to this pub or whatever, hotel, whatever. Um, and it's the same when you're trying to sell, a, you're selling the person in theory. Um, and we will, I'll try and do as many interviews we can because obviously we recruit globally so it's quite difficult to meet people in person so it's all done via zoom and skype and hangouts and stuff like that um and i will make sure that every candidate that we i speak with that we do it over zoom to start with or at least the second call is so i can get more of an understanding of their personality um yeah. and how they're going to come across as well on a zoom call um yeah. but but yeah i i think my companies that they've where I am now, they've really let me explore diversity more within the tech space. Um, the tech conference I went to about diversity was phenomenal. Um, what was really not surprising, but it made a lot of sense, um, is obviously these new tech companies like you know, like sort of Deliveroo and um, Uber and Airbnb and things like that. They're not having to change their culture because their culture has been set like this from day one. Mm. So, so they're kind of leading the way and then you've got like the big banks or um some of the big corporate companies who have been going for many many years and those are the ones that are having to change their culture totally like it's a whole new fill game for them so it, they're really interested in speaking to people like me when i speak to them on the phone um if i'm trying to do new business i will bring up diversity probably within the first five minutes of the conversation um just to find out what their views are of it. Um, have you I've ever seen, walked away? Have you ever said, yeah. no, I can't have you? Have you said, yeah, someone says, I'm looking for a, a young girl, 20s, um, <laughs> been to a red brick university, yeah. uh, must be attractive. Do you, do you still get, do you still get wrecks like that? Yeah. Um, especially like, well, obviously where I'm from, um, it's beautiful. Devon is lovely. Mm. Um, but we are a little bit behind, um, in the, and a lot of the time they don't mean it offen- they don't mean it offensively. They just say it. No, they just like, created this picture yeah. in their head of their ideal yeah, candidate, don't they? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, but then, and then, but on the flip side now as well, um, I've, I've had clients say to me, "Right, I would like you to get me a lesbian." And <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, how am I going to do that then? Um, so well, well, I can see some advantages in that personally, but yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> I'd ask for it in that way. <laughs> so it's like, right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do. Um, okay. Um, but no, it's, it's, you, I, I've, I will try before I walk away, I'll try and say, look, I, I I'm not going to do that for you. I will get you the right person for it. Um, mm. and I will send them, like, I'll, I try and make sure that if I send them four CVs, I'll try and do a 50, 50 split. Um, with sort of male to female ratio. Mm. Um, but I, as I said, I, I, t- I try not to put the names on it. Um, the university side of things, um, I think companies are, they're moving away from it now slightly. Um, 
yes, a lot of them will ask for Red Brick Universities and that's going to take a while, I believe, for them to change the way that they're recruiting. Mm. Um, but I think if I, if I walk away, it'd be no different to me walking away like and giving up. And if I can influence a business to change their recruitment process, then I will stay and plug away at them mm. and just try and get them to change it. Um, so you would say that people are receptive to 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 diversity to inclusion to looking yeah. at candidates from all backgrounds uh yeah yeah they they i'm not saying all clients are no without a doubt i'm not going to agree that not all clients are yeah. um but the the clients like I, I there are clients that um i have said no to and i won't work with them and it, it may be because they've got offices in certain countries where it's illegal to be gay so mm. i cannot physically recruit for those company companies because if you can't be yourself then i don't there's no point in doing anything really so yeah mm, i have yeah. a few things i don't work with those companies um and and i've told them that and i've been up front and blunt with them and they don't really do really appreciate that um and it, i, I, I feel like most companies in that position are almost ashamed if they're uk based anyway aren't they they almost say like, i'm really yeah. sorry but i know i know we've got um yeah. an office in saudi or middle east or in russia uh, i know we can't recruit openly LGBT people in those, in those territories. Yeah. Um, I wish we could, but we can't. And it's, it's a real yeah. moral dilemma where you. It is. Yeah. And I know, that, and I know that some of the big companies that are, they're doing stuff abroad to try and make it more inclusive mm. and to try and tackle it and help it. And brilliant. That's fantastic. But they can do that. But for me, I, I, I want to recruit into companies where no matter where you work mm. in the world or what division you're in, what industry, what sector, it doesn't, you don't have it doesn't matter if you're gay, you don't have to walk in and come out. Um, I, I love the internal networks that are being set up. I think that's phenomenal. Like you know, the, um, the LGBT internal networks plus the allies and things like that. Like there are companies that are leading the way on that. And I think that is fantastic to have. Um, I think having an ally for me would have been fantastic when I was at my previous recruitment company mm. because knowing I could go to someone if I did feel a little bit pressed, um, sort of disrespected or uh, a bit of homophobic abuse was sent towards me. I had someone I could go to. Um, and I think that does help a lot of people come out um, and I'll support the ally scheme as much as I can as well. Um, we're a small company, but all my colleagues say that they're allies and um, they will continue to support me and back me with what I want to do. Um, we, we do training now. Well, not at the moment, but every Thursday, um, we do a training morning and it's usually on something tech. Um, I tend not to because I will do it on diversity and inclusion. Um, and I will try and educate them on the updates on that side of it and make it a bit more interactive and then go through any awkward questions that they have got that they feel worried about asking. Mm. Um, especially when it comes down to gender. Um, I'm still learning a, a lot of it as well because it, it's still a, it, it's a learning curve for everybody. I don't think everybody knows the right way to say things or to approach things at the moment. Anyway, it's just we're all trying to educate each other. Um, but I think the people, the likes of people like me and yourself, that will educate people. And I don't get offended if somebody asks me a question that I know could offend somebody. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I quite happily just could do that. Probably not the way, right way of asking it. Um, like my boss has said some things in the past that I know he doesn't mean it, but I'll say, look, this is really how you should be questioning, like opening up this conversation. If you're going to say it to anybody else, use this word, this tone of voice, mm. this pronoun instead. Um, and that's, that um, that's a good thing. I mean, if you're an ally, an advocate, even if you're in the LGBT community yourself, there's still people out there that need to be educated. And I, I always approach the world with an educational slant if I can first. Because uh, yeah. I think as soon as you detach, switch off, argue, get offended, you lose the opportunity to educate. And I think, but it, yeah. it, it is, it's, sometimes it's, it's exhausting. I'm sure you find that. It's like, oh, here we go again. I've got to explain yeah. about this one more time, you know, and it's, yes, I, 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 my, my, my other half is, is a man. And, and yes, if we want children, we'll have children and yeah. we can do that. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what we can do. It's called oh, adoption yeah. or surrogacy. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. so many options that are open There's to us. So just, the, just the same as, as, uh, traditional 
archetypal sort of uh, uh, opposite sex couples they yeah. can adopt they can have test tube babies they can have surrogacy so can we all and so yeah. people still look shocked to go oh how's that do. work Hello. Um, I'm married to a drag queen um, oh wow awesome is, <laughs> um, yeah that's um, very different um, I, I didn't he, he wasn't he didn't want to do he wasn't doing drag when we first met um, it was only just before we were getting married he said I really want to do drag I was like okay Fine, do it. <laughs> um, but well, that's—I mean, to be fair, that's a, that's an easier conversation in a in a gay relationship, I guess, than in a hetero relationship, isn't it? I want to do drag from now on. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, I, I remember my own conversation. Uh, it, it wasn't, and I, yeah, I'm not drag. I, I'm yeah, trans, but yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not an easy conversation to have. But I guess in a no. in, a, in an open uh, contemporary LGBT <laughs> relationship, it's a more derogatory kind of. Yeah. So what? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been, it took me a while to to get used to it because I was I was looking at my husband but not seeing my husband. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, and then I seen it more as an art rather than yeah him doing drag. It's a performance. Um, it's a performance. It is, yeah. 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 And like the off the room I'm in now, this is his drag room. Like there's wigs everywhere and mannequins and yeah. stuff like that. So, um, but we have to educate people all the time as well because. He thinks that people think that drag is trans. It can be. It is, sometimes it is. Sometimes it isn't. It's yeah. just it's drag. And they yeah. think that he's he's trans. And we're like, yeah. no, he he he's a drag queen, and he's there to entertain and to perform and to be an artist. Yeah. That's what he wants to do with it. Um, but people and, people confuse identity and expression. Yeah, you can be you can be queer. And have a different sense of identity, a, 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 a contemporary version of not being a stereotypical man, not being a stereotypical woman, and how you want to express yourself as a, yeah. as a performance or how you are really is completely detached. So, to some, to some extent, it fits under the the, the gender non-conforming box, i.e., yeah. uh, trans. But yeah, drag is is, is a performance art, and, and people do get confused, don't they? They do, yeah. Um, and my bosses and my colleagues have. Obviously, Devon, um, again, isn't, as I said, it's quite behind every other place in the world. Um, and drag in Devon has gone from non-existent to there's quite a big scene now. Um, and we've played part, a part in that. Um, but I guess but one thing I have forgot, actually, I know we've run out of time shortly, but um, what I did do um, in response to me not being allowed to go to watch a football match um, mm. it was about two years ago now. Um, so I started an LGBT football team. Okay, um, fantastic. So I thought, you know what? If I'm not allowed to go and watch or play football with you lot, I'll start my own team up and yeah. get people that um, are in the same boat as me that don't feel like they can go to mm. a straight team and go and play football. Or go, they're sitting in the, like, I used to go and sit in the pub. My husband hates football. So I would go and sit in the pub on my own and watch football. For and to be honest, that's why I set up the football team was the social aspect as well. Just having someone I can watch football with. Mm. Um, and we've been going now for two years, um, and we've got people identify as any everything. So we've got um, we've got straight people coming along as well. So it is fantastic that we've, we've created a team now of nearly thirty members. Um, from all different backgrounds, uh, all different identities, and it, we're all safe in one bit on one pitch, and which is phenomenal. Um, but that was kind of me sticking my fingers up really to my my old yeah. colleagues saying, Do "You know what? I can't watch football with you, but I'll make my own team and watch football with them." Um, Fantastic. What so, and that's kind of how I do a lot of things. I I find yeah. a way to. So you're, pr- you're pretty positive. positive. You uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said your passion is um, about sort of having a voice and 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 making the world change, and you seem to do that relentlessly. So, how do you how do you um, keep this motivation? Yeah, you know, I mean, like the rest of us, you must have these down days. I mean, you, you're furloughed now. How do, yeah, people can't go out. You you can't you can't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Being married, I suppose you're, you're not on the pull anymore, so you don't need no. to go out and, and socialise. But, but uh, how, do you, how do you keep your motivation? How do you, how do you, how do you stay focused in this tough time, emotionally and physically? Um, well, with the football team, um, we do a fitness on a Thursday night. Um, so we, do, we get one of the cheesy the um, fitness DVDs, yeah. and we'll all do it online together. Um, Saturday night, we do a virtual pub. 
um, as well. Um, I love Ben and Dawn, the TV programme. I do a Ben and Dawn quiz every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I try and do little things that I know are going to make me happy. Um, and for me, as cheesy as it sounds, I know that me putting on these little events is helping people all over. Um, and that's how I motivate myself, really, knowing that I'm helping someone else. Um, right. My partner set up a thing called Drag Diva Lockdown, which is with two of his friends. So they're doing drag shows live and getting other drag queens to do it. So I'm getting involved with that as well to try and help that. And if we can help just two or three people, then that's what motivates me. Yeah, um, awesome. That's, that's I, fantastic. Yeah. I, to this weekend, I should be doing London Marathon. So I'm a little bit gutted because um, I spent seven months training for it. So I'm doing 6.5 miles every day, today, tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday to make up my 26 miles because I've had a month off training now. I can't do 26 in one go. Um, right. So I'm going to still, that's motivating me as well. Um, and I'm doing the marathon in October instead now. So there are little things. Um, yes, I do get down days, but I... I'll stick on a comedy on TV. Um, I'll go and sit in the garden and listen to some Spice Girl music um, or Disney anthems. There's little things that I just find, if I find little things that I know that make me happy and I'll do five, ten minutes of that each day, um, then that keeps me going. Um, mm. I'm learning new skills. I'm learning how to build a website and to do coding. Um, I'm doing a British Sign Language, language course as well. Um, so there's there's things that, and they're all free. Like it's, none of this is costing me any money. Um, so I think there's so much out there that people can find that will help them. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's me. So this, uh, so is it okay to be gay now? Is it in, in you know, 2020? Is it still, is it okay or has it still got a long way to go? I still think it's got a long way to go. Um, I'm still, me as a, this is just me and I want to be able to hold my husband's hand in public. Um, but I, I can't because I, I don't, I, I know if someone says something, I say something back. I, I find it hard. Like, yes, I give people a voice, but sometimes my voice can not always be the best one because I can retaliate and I know I shouldn't. I should just walk away from it. Um, so I think we've got a long way to go. There's always going to be people that, are going to be prejudiced against us. Um, I think it's, it's, it, is it easier? It, it possibly is easier. Um, every year it gets better, but it does it's, get, still, yeah. it's still a long way to go. Yeah. There's a, there is a long way to go. And, um, but I think, yeah, it's getting better. Um, obviously being able to get married was huge for me because that was the biggest thing that I hated about being gay when I was, when I was younger, like when I was, thought I was gay to start with. I was like, I'd, I'd really want to get married and have kids. Um, and now we can, it changed my life totally. Mm. Like not that I jumped in and got married with the first man I come across. Um, it kind of, um, I just thought now I can actually settle down with someone, have a, a normal life, so to speak. Mm. Um, it, it changed things. And I think the more things are getting changed, like now we can give blood and things like that. I think, every time a new, something changes for us, it's going to make things a lot easier and better for us. Um, I think people will ask me all the time, why do you need a gay football team? Um, homophobia in football is ridiculous. All um, the other ones are all straight. Yeah, we need, yeah. <laughs> we need visibility and representation. There's no, yeah. there's, no, there's no out gay footballer in the in any professional football league. Uh, crazy. And we have to have gay football teams for that reason. So mm. when you are growing up, if you don't feel like you can go to your, we've had so many parents come to us, say, look, can you start a gay youth football team? Um, I can't yet. I'm trying to figure out how to run a, get a adult football team in a moment. Yeah. Um, one thing I've, done, I've done my level one coaching, so I can for FA football. So I can eventually help set up hopefully an LGBT football team for, for the, for the youth. Um, but that years ahead when I'm probably a bit older. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot that can be done still. And I think it is getting done. Um, I think there's more work to be done in, within our own community. Um, because we can support each other phenomenally, but then we can be the nastiest of people to each other as well. 
and that needs to change. Um, and the perception of what people think people are from a certain identity needs to change because it is not true. Um, and I'll be, I'll first hold my hands up and know that I used to think that when mm. I first came out of being gay because that's what people told me that the D's and the B's and the G's all were. And I'm like, okay, because I'm new to the, in, not the industry, <laughs> I'm new to the community. Um, I'll, I'll go with the flow. And mm. then I was like, you know what? I need to get to know these people for myself and understand them more, which is what I've done. Um, yeah, with, with all the community. So if you had to, um, if you've got, you got the ear of some recruiters out there, what advice or what have you learned as a recruiter that allows you to be more inclusive and more passionate about promoting people of, of, of difference, whatever that may be? So what advice would you give to other people based on your experience? I think the, the biggest thing that... Um, I learned from myself was that you, you you have to be open and honest about it and not shy away from bringing up a conversation. Yes, they hate talking about it. Clients do not want to talk about it with me, but I'm like, you know what? You're going to have to. Um, so we're talking about it now. Um, so not shy away from opening up conversations on that um, and discussing and, and offer it as a service, like an additional service. Like, I wouldn't ever charge to talk to somebody about inclusivity and diversity. And it's an extra add on that I will give all my clients and say, look, I've, I've looked at your diversity inclusion policy. I've done this. I've done that for you. Um, let's look at your quota of staff. Let's look at where you do need to probably improve on bringing a more diverse team in and how you can check how your culture can change. Um, so I think, yeah, the, the biggest thing that I would say with recruiters is that use it as a tool to not gain clients at all, but as a tool to educate. Um, we have got a massive platform as recruiters to be able to start at the ground um, and educate people from day one um, and express how we've... I think the, the, the biggest flaw I find that I don't know any other, apart from one um, or maybe two, I don't know many out and proud recruiters. Um, which I think that, and I know there are so many out there, and I think by this sticking your pronouns on your signature might be a tiny little thing and might not mean a lot, but it means a massive deal to so many people that you understand what it means to have a pronoun that might not be the, the, the norm of what people think. And, and that's what I get with people that will identifiers that day and then they will approach me because that they've seen my signature and it says he, him, his, and they feel like that they don't need to explain it or they don't need to spend time having that awkward conversation. Um, so I think use the little things like with the flag and stuff like that. If, if you are, if you do identify within our own community, just be proud and out about it and not shy away. Um, and if, you feel like you're in a company that won't let you to do that, then do what I do and leave and find a company that will. I often say that if you can't make the change, walk away, vote with your feet, yeah. find somebody who will. There's yeah. plenty of organizations out there, there that will yeah. value you for being you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you still need to try and make the change. I won't walk away like straight away. Um, try and make the change if you can and to see what you can do. And sometimes you're not going to get the support of the seniors. And I think that's in with any industry, any business, you're not always going to get your direct line manager supporting what you want to do, but there'll be other people that will. Um, and you can do connect with other people on LinkedIn or with other communities in your area that will help you do what you want to do and get the end goal. Um, I use it. I got with extra pride to try and, give it a platform for businesses as well as our community to teach businesses about the LGBT community and the mm. power that we do have and the influences that we have and the what we're doing as a community for Exeter is for the whole of the community, not just for the LGBT community. Um, yeah. And that's really what I feel a lot of people do need to sort of get involved with and just try and find other avenues. Like I'm a, um, I'm a, suicide first aid uh, for, for prevention to against suicide um, because they wanted someone from the LGBT community that can be on call if anyone needs to speak to somebody that 
I did that yeah. I was gay or lesbian or trans or bi. So I signed up for that as well. And there are I did that on my own of course. That's got no in, that's got no impact into my recruitment job. But it this for me, I because of my network I have got, I can reach out to companies now on behalf of the suicide company for support and to train them on suicide prevention in the workplace and stuff like that. So there are lots of other organisations outside of your own workplace that you can get involved with that you can then bring into the workplace. That makes sense. Well, yeah, we, we, could, we could talk all day. It's fine. I'm sure our listeners have got so many more questions. So how, how can people get hold of you if they want to continue the conversation? Presumably on LinkedIn, how would they find you on LinkedIn? Um, LinkedIn. Um, this is one thing as well. I'll quickly do this. With my LinkedIn originally, I had flag, Lewis Bell Corvera flag, yeah. Don't put your flag at the front of your name because they can't find you. Ah, okay. I didn't know that. So Lewis, um, L-E-W-I-S, B-E-L-L hyphen, Corthra, C-A-W-T-H-R-A. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yes. search on there. And uh, you, you're open to connections and, yeah. and direct messages, so please get in contact, yeah? yeah? Definitely, yeah. Um, whatever you want to talk about, I'm always open. Yeah, so a bit of uh, advice on diversity recruitment from a from an LGBT and from a people perspective, I guess. Yeah, of everything. yeah. And maybe a holiday in the in the West Country afterwards. <laughs> yes, yeah, come down to Devon. Lovely. Brilliant. Not now, though. Not at the moment. No, not at the moment. Well, yeah. thank you, Lewis. I, I'm sure everyone will agree. There's much to ponder upon there. And yes. a huge thank you to you for listening in and tuning in. So please do subscribe to keep updates on future episodes of the Inclusion Bites podcast, that B-I-T-E-S. Please tell your friends and colleagues. I have a number of exciting guests lined up that I'm sure you'll be inspired by over the next few weeks and even months. So remember, also, if you'd like to be a guest in the future, please let me know. I welcome any feedback and suggestions to joe.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. That's jo.lockwood at cchangehappen.co.uk. For future shows and how we can improve, your feedback would be immense and, and uh, awesome. So my name is Joanne Lockwood. It's been an absolute pleasure to host you for this podcast today. And I'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs>